0: This episode of Conversations with Coffee brought to you by Bourbon Barrel Foods. Bourbon Barrel Foods produces a collection of all-natural, award-winning gourmet foods that embrace the history and mystique of Kentucky's bourbon country. All their items are handcrafted in small batches using reclaimed barrels, straight from Kentucky's finest bourbon distilleries, as both a smoking and an aging agent. With the popularity of bourbon continuing to rise, Bourbon Barrel Foods has championed the idea of combining Kentucky's bourbon industry with the local food movement. For more information, visit bourbonbarrelfoods.com for barrel aged sauces, bourbon smoked spices, cocktail enhancements, and handcrafted gifts. Now on with the podcast. On this episode of Conversations with Coffee, I'm thrilled to introduce somebody that I've had the pleasure of doing a couple of TV cooking segments with over the last couple of years and have gotten to know. I'm uh, so happy to introduce my listeners to Matt Jamie. He is the CEO and owner of Bourbon Barrel Foods that is located in Louisville, Kentucky. And I think so many people are aware of the popularity of bourbon continuing to increase. And Bourbon Barrel Foods has really championed the idea of combining the Kentucky bourbon industry with the local food movement. Pretty brilliant, right? His award-winning line of products uh, have been created in reclaimed barrels straight from Kentucky's finest bourbon distilleries. And that really works as kind of a smoking and an aging agent. The process gives an added dimension of flavor that cannot be replicated with any other method. Matt is also the author of the Eat Your Bourbon Cookbook, which has a, I can attest to, a fantastic selection of recipes. Matt, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me. I always love being introduced. It's humbling.
0: <laughs> when you listen to that, you're like, oh my gosh, you, you really were at, I feel like the cutting edge of this bourbon mania thing taking off. And I, what was the idea behind the aging process of putting it into um, the spices and the cooking ingredients that you came up with? Like what went whoa in your head that you're like, this is it. This is a great idea.
1: Yeah. My head sometimes is a strange place to be. Um, but the the timing was really good, right? I'm yeah. I'm, um, it couldn't have been any better. Um, it was, I started the company in 2006. Um, I wrote a really, I in my estimation, it's my only business plan I've ever written, but I felt it was pretty solid. It forced me to do a lot of research. Um, I worked with, uh, a lot of the free business services that the city of Louisville has, uh, especially the, uh, um, you know, the, our, uh, gosh, I, I can't remember it now. What is it? It's, it's our chamber of commerce downtown GLI, GLI. Wow. you know, they were, they were extremely helpful and, you know, I think with doing all that research, it set me up, uh, for the timing You know, bourbon in 2006 was just starting to uh, get really popular. Um, There was not a, a gourmet foods element to the experience. And so we were ready, you know, positioned well to become that piece of the entire bourbon country experience.
0: And people will probably see your products. I, I see things everywhere, whether it's Kentucky Derby museums, hotels, kind of where are your products and what are the products that are really popular?
1: Well, this is the part that really wasn't in my business plan, but um, you know, I'm a romantic. And, and so I always see things like in the future, like this is the, what I want it to be. Um, but we're sold in every single state in the U S and we export, uh, around the world. So it's really exciting when customers, people that are passionate about the product, send me pictures of it from the shelf, whether it's in Denver, California, New York, Chicago, Tokyo, Great Britain. Um, it really, uh, you know, it, it really, it, it, it makes me speechless, obviously. Um I it's it's everything that I wanted it to be. And I believe uh we've got a lot of work to do. Um, you know, I I get asked a lot, like, you know, what is your greatest accomplishment? And I'm like, you know, I, I don't really know if I have one because I I enjoy what I do so much that every day we're evolving and I feel like a startup. Every single year, which is one of those feelings that most entrepreneurs miss as their business starts to evolve, and I don't know if that's right or wrong. To me, it feels right that I'm engaged that much uh, that the company is growing the way it is. Um, you know, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. You know, I, I I think if I had to say what my greatest accomplishment is, it's that. I have 35 employees that weren't in the business plan. You know, I didn't know I would be hiring people to do things. Um, it uh, It's a responsibility, you know, I that I didn't prepare for. Um, but we've really, you know, it, it's a testament to our growth.
0: You have everything from the bourbon barrel aged sauces, vanilla extract, sorghum, bourbon spice, smoked spices, I'm going through the list here, sugar, um, and lots of Kentucky bourbon-inspired items. I think I picked up, because um, I kind of describe it as it's it's not your grandma's salt and pepper, like spice rack, right? Like there there is spices that you will never, ever cook the same way again, right? That's what you told me. And you were, you were absolutely so right. But do people say that to you, that there is something elevated about the quality and the taste? And then how do you how do you achieve that? That you know, yeah, this is good enough. This is something different that's really going to knock people's socks off.
1: Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we try and source the best quality ingredients for us. Um, you know, the the salt is domestically harvested, solar evaporated, uh, unprocessed sea salt. It's a large crystal. It comes from the Pacific Ocean. Um, You know, we could have gotten salt from anywhere, but I liked this company in Seattle. Uh, I've been buying from them for the entire history of my company. Um, So starting with a good ingredient and then doing what we do to it. You know, we smoke that that salt with, uh, you know, bourbon barrel staves and are oak. And Oak is thought to be a very rich wood to smoke with. It's, it's hard. It burns slowly. Um, so it imparts a really special flavor onto the salt and then the same with the pepper, <clears throat> you know, we, we, uh, we buy quarter cracked Malabar peppercorns and smoke them. You know, we do quarter cracked and not whole because when I first started the whole peppercorns would roll off the trays that we smoked on. Um, and it was a bit unnerving and so with the quarter crack they stay in place but it also opens that peppercorn up exposes the oils in the peppercorn and just sucks that smoke in and so it it's a layer of flavor you know it's it's a simple process but it's 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 unique um the questions we get are how to use this and at the end of the day i mean these are this is salt and pepper. I mean, you use it as you would salt and pepper, but it is going to do exactly what you said. It will elevate it. You know, the, the paprika that we do, you know, the it is, again, it's domestically grown in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I've actually visited the farm. It is hand harvested. It is a very high quality product. Um, and, you know, we buy that. We have it shipped to us. We smoke it. Um, and again, same process with the salt. Different smoking time because it's a different type, different spice. But, you know, that's one of the favorites that we do for me. Um, It really does impart that smokiness uh, to dishes. And we have a lot of vegetarian customers that swear by it that, you know, maybe they ate meat at one point in their life. And and this kind of gives a meaty flavor to it.
0: You mentioned vegetarian, but even does it come into play too, where you try to think of, we, we need to make sure that we're selecting products and ingredients that are good for our environment, good for our bodies that are, that are natural, that are kind of going into all those, those things that are so important to people right now.
1: You know, there's, there's that, but then there's also the responsibility in how we grow. Um, you know, I, I I think that it starts at the source and where we buy our products and who we buy our products from is extremely important, you know, not only because of how they're made, but the story that we're able to tell behind those products, you know, sorghum, um, we've been selling sorghum from the same farm for over 10 years. Um, it's grown here in Kentucky. It is just like you hear some wines described this way. It is a state grown. So the guy grows his sorghum. It is processed on site. So it's harvested, grown and processed on site. Uh, He does not process anybody else's sorghum. Uh, It is a quality product. He has been, his family's been doing this for five, six generations. And with that sorghum, we simply put it in a barrel. It's one of the easiest products that we do. You know, the, the, the supply chain sometimes and the process for our products, can get complicated. We have a lot of products, but this one is really easy. Uh, but it, it, it starts with, you know, where we're getting it from.
0: You talked about, um, the people that you work with, your team is, is everything. You all have what, two locations, a newer one over, um, in the Crescent Hill neighborhood.
1: Yes. So our offices are located in Butchertown, which is just East of downtown Louisville. It's kind of a creative center. Uh, There's a brandy distillery there, some great restaurants, some very uh, unique boutiques there. Um, And our new soccer stadium is located down there. It looks like a UFO landed next to the railroad tracks. Um, Our offices are there. That's where we make everything. And we do have a factory store. Um, Our retail store is in Crescent Hill on Frankfurt Avenue. Uh, And then directly next door to our retail store, we opened uh, a marketplace called Eat Your Bourbon, which allows us to sample our products. Uh, You can either eat it there or buy it and take it home from a prepared foods case. Uh, And you can also shop for gifts. You know, we do a lot of corporate orders out of that store.
0: You know, we hear so much this year, just how the food industry has taken such a hit because of COVID. How are you able to switch lanes and maybe you relied a lot on that that e-commerce element, but keep your team intact, keep your business intact, and kind of keep that vision moving forward during this really wacky time?
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely been challenging, you know, to say the least. Uh, People were reacting to a situation that they hadn't had to react to before. You know, it's like, what do you do? You know where do you draw the knowledge from to react to uh, a pandemic? You know, I called some people. Um, Louisville's a small town, and um, you know you can be pretty well networked here. And I called some people whose who uh, family they they uh, are involved in family run businesses that are you know five six generations, so they've survived some stuff. Uh, I got some tidbits from them that helped me to make my decision. And, you know, the, the advice was, you know, adapt, evolve and be ready for when it ends. Mm. Um, I did not want to let anybody go. I had to eventually, uh, tough decisions to be made. Um, but you know, it's, it was, you know, we were healthy going into it, which was nice. Um, we knew that we could withstand, uh, for a certain amount of time. Um, the government money has certainly helped out, uh, but, you know, we've made our decisions based on information that was available to us at the time, you know, pretty much as everybody else did, you know, running a, a food establishment, a food manufacturing plant. You know, we we were allowed to stay open and I made the decision to to keep the, the Eat Your Bourbon Marketplace open uh, early. Uh, we adjusted hours, which was, you know, necessary. And then eventually I said, uh, we're just going to stop chasing this thing. You know, we will do what we're doing now. This will end and we will be ready when it ends. You know, we run the same ads still. You know, we're trying to invite people in to, to experience what it is we have to offer. It is lightening up a little bit, but my retail store, you know, was largely dependent upon uh, tourism. I would say 80 percent of the traffic in our retail store were, were out of town guests. Um, and now we're reliant on the neighborhood, you know, uh, the city of Louisville to visit our store.
0: You said kind of the e-commerce element of having this in every major airport and all these shops really wasn't a part of your business plan. Now that this has all happened, do you feel like, oh my gosh, what a blessing that there was this this God given component that kind of came through that everybody's kind of looking at that now, going, Wow, you know, it kind of gives you this extra edge during this climate mm-hmm. that, that you can stay in it.
1: Well, God given's a stretch, but yes, I was very grateful that we had that because you know, again, back to my business plan, e-commerce was not a, a part of it. I didn't realize the value of it until, uh, like 2008, we appeared in the New York times. We had a full page color photograph article about making soy sauce in the New York times. And that put us on the map. Uh, and we grew from that. But if you ever want to figure out what's wrong with something, you know, get your story printed in the New York times, you know, there was a time in the, in the history of the company where the website did not function as smoothly as it did during this. And so again, uh, grateful to have lived through a lot of what we did early on to be prepared for what it is we were dealing with, um, with people shopping at home. We could handle the volume. It really was, uh, a, you know, a nice thing to be able to fall back on, you know, that a lot of companies didn't have in place. Uh, but ours was pretty seamless. And that was one of the decisions we made early on was, all right, the focus is on e and this is what we're going to make sure that we do really well.
0: You mentioned that you, you're you always thinking of new ideas. You're hustling like this is just a startup business. Talk about like personally, what you've had to do personally in your life to shift lanes through all this stress of this year. Were there things that that you really relied upon that, grounded you to kind of, because I think anybody that's been around you, you're like a tornado, right? When, when we're doing cooking segments or we're working together, there's, you're always like thinking seven, eight steps ahead of what is your next product line? What are you going to do? How did you just mentally stay grounded throughout this year?
1: Dear God, this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dear God.
1: I should be taking, all right. So, you know, I could say that, um, during all this, I relied heavily upon, uh, faith, meditation, um, and a good team. Um, it, um, it, it's an unusual, unusual time, you know, and the last, what are we into this seven months, eight months? Yeah. Um, we all know how challenging it has been. <clears throat> Uh, but I've made some adjustments in my life over the last, you know, almost two years, uh, that really prepared me for something like this. And I don't, you know, I'm one of those that believes everything happens for a reason. And, you know, if I hadn't made those adjustments in my life, I'm not sure I would have handled this as well as I have. Um, you know, I've surrounded myself with people that make me look a whole lot smarter than I really am. You know, my team, um, is solid, you know, from sales to finance, operations, production. Um, they all, you know, really show up. Um, it, uh, it, the, the challenge has been in, um, you know, I didn't have any business background. I dropped out of graduate school and started working on a line and eventually found a passion in cooking and became a chef. Um, nowhere near the caliber of chef that we work with now, but nonetheless, I had a classical French training. Um, so not having any business background, you know, I had very limited leadership skills, but the adjustments I had made in my life and my lifestyle you know, allowed me to learn how to become a better leader, a better boss. Um, and if I hadn't done that, I'm not sure where we'd be right now. You know, I have adjusted the way I operate at work. Um, I have learned how to talk to my employees because not everybody thinks like me, I'm, I'm creative. You know my mind works exactly like you said you know i'm thinking way out here you know and i'm thinking out loud most of the time you know and to somebody that doesn't think like that they're taking notes and writing it down and then you know a day later they'll be all right matt what do i need to do on this and i'm like what are you talking about you know like i don't remember that and you know but they're taking it as direction i'm thinking off the cuff so when I approach those type of situations, now I have to prepare um, so when I engage with you know my employees, there's an actual agenda and a plan and and that was one of the things that we made sure that we did and communication within the office, which was really important over the decisions we were making during this pandemic, it was just you know again, if I hadn't made these adjustments in my life, if I hadn't learned how to be a better leader, a better boss um, You know, things wouldn't be running as well as they are in all honesty. You know, we, we've had three quarters of growth during this, which again, I use the word grateful a lot, but I am, you know, and that is, that all goes on my team. You know, yes, I I create pretty much every single product that we sell. Um, but it kind of stops for me there. You know, I can talk all day long about what it is that we make. Um, But when it comes down to it, there's a lot of pieces that have to come together, you know, very precisely, you know, marketing, sales, you know, getting stuff paid on time, making sure we have proper inventory, raw materials. Uh, You know, there's there's a lot that has to happen. And, you know, I don't think we get there if I'm not clear headed every single day.
0: Well, you all certainly have so much to be grateful for this holiday season. I feel like this year people have been obviously cooking at home more than ever. And in the holidays, definitely people are going to want to try new things. I'm always curious like people that love to cook, that cook for a living, that are in this industry what is it you will be cooking um, maybe throughout the holiday season? Some easy go to things that you think could translate to everybody's kitchen.
1: Well, I love cookies so we have a lot of cookie recipes. Um, I think as we enter the holiday season right now, love
0: that you started with dessert first, Matt, that's uh,
1: right. <laughs> huge sweet tooth, huge sweet tooth. Um, you know, I, I love to cook with one skillet or one pot. You'll see a lot of that coming out of us this year. You know, I, I am really proud of the fact that, you know, my kitchen in my home is, is small. You know, it, it's not an entertaining kitchen, but the stuff I can pump out of here, you know, for my family when they come to visit or my kids when they're here, you know, I'm, I'm proud that, okay, well, I took one pot and look at what I did. You know? <laughs> one. And it's easy. And so, you know, we're, we're going to demonstrate a lot of that. Um, holiday meal cooking, I'm a traditionalist, um, but I like to put a lot of different, different things out on the table. Uh, a lot of vegetables, Um, but it's, you know, they're simple. You know, I don't like to mess with things too terribly much. You know, I don't like to make things complicated. Um, It's like that for my, uh, you know, I I practice that in my life, but it's also that way in my cooking. You know, there's no reason to take something that's really high quality and transform it too much. You want to let it speak and just, you know, let things, you know, elevate it accentuate it. Um, it shouldn't be overpowering. So, you know, a little bit of bourbon smoked salt, a little bit of pepper, the paprika, um, or just a dash of soy sauce here and there, you know, it, it shouldn't be too forward. You know, you'll, you'll taste it, but it will be, you know, it's in a very delicate way.
0: Sounds like advice for life as well, doesn't it? I think so. Don't overdo it this year. Where can people go if they're interested in purchasing product or, or checking out your book, which has a lot of these recipes in it?
1: Definitely our website, bourbonbarrelfoods.com. You know, if they want to check out our, mar- our marketplace, it's eatyourbourbonmarketplace.com. Um, you know, if you want to get out and shop, if you're local in Louisville, we're at 2710 Frankfurt Avenue. Um, if you are not in Louisville, then, and you don't, and you want to find a local store, um, you know, given the fact that we have close to a hundred products that we sell, not every store is going to carry every single one of them. You can go to our store locator on our website and see who has it. Call them if you're looking for something specific. Um, but our website, you know, is really up, it's up to date. Um, our processing is, is quick you know, if things get out within two days. Um, and so I would suggest your listeners go to bourbonbarrelfoods.com.
0: Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you.
1: Love talking to you, Claudia.
0: And we all can't wait to see what in the world you're going to come up with next in 2021. Oh, me either. We're <laughs> Wait for that. Thanks, Matt.
1: It'll, it'll be something.
0: A special thank you to my guest, Matt Jamie, for speaking with me on this week's podcast. If you would like more information on his book or you would like to purchase barrel-aged sauces, bourbon-smoked spices, cocktail enhancements, or handcrafted gifts, because the holidays are coming up, just head on over to bourbonbarrelfoods.com. I will have all the information and website details and where to follow them on social, all over in my show notes. If you would like to send me an idea for an upcoming guest or you would like to partner on the podcast, just send me an email to lcmediaconsulting at gmail.com. Have a great week.